Gaming News. And now, coming through your speakers and into your ears, it's the gaming podcast that you all know and love. It's Show Me the News. Your favorite Super Smash Brothers Brawl podcast from 2007 continues to cover the latest in the video game industry at showmeyournews.com. Now, let's join the show. Welcome! Punch! Welcome to Show Me Your News. The pinnacle for delivering and debating the gaming news that matters the most to you. Rumor-filled gossip, hardware blunders, or upcoming releases. If it relates to video games, we want to talk about it. I am Peter, but you may know me as Yoko, and I am getting married in less than a week. I am Rachel, you may know me as Evie, and I am too, funnily enough, think I might be at your wedding. I am Joe, but you may know me as the Tabaga, and what? I'm Ben, you may know me as Gym Leader Ben, and I'm dehydrated. Oh dear. Oh boy, gotta get those fluids going, get that gaming news pumping in your system. That's not quite Mm. fluid though. Oh, Liquid the gaming boys. industry changes every Unless, day. Unless you know your IGN and it's like, you know, too much water. Too much water, exactly. Go. Well, Rachel, welcome to America for real now. Hi! You moved last week. You've been I did. here a week. How's, how's it feel? Very tiring. Yeah. There's been a lot going on. Mm-hmm. I think there's been like two days where I've had a chance to really just relax all day. Yeah, and especially with our wedding planned for yeah. next weekend. I've been doing a lot of stuff with your mom. I've been doing a lot of stuff with my mom because she's also over for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks' visit. Yep. And it's just there's still a lot to do, and I've got more to do tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. Oh, wow. And we just put in the time here to get out a podcast for you guys here on Show Me Your News because we are part of the SMYN network at showmeyournews.com. Now, today is Sunday, July 19th, 2015. This is. Episode 183 of the podcast, the last episode where Rachel and I are single people, simply engaged. We'll just be a committed, married couple. Well, How like, cute. it's the last week I will have... Oh, hello. I will have the Yates surname. Sorry, he was interrupting me by putting his lips towards mine, and I was like, I am talking here. That's very good. <laughs> Thanks. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be uh, introducing you differently next time this right. show rolls around. Next time it'll be uh, Rachel Spasia. Wow. How about that shit? That's pretty crazy. My initials will no longer spell really. It'll just be for reals. Yeah. Joe and Ben, how are you doing this week? We went whole hog on Let's Plays last week, actually. Nice. Um, recording more. Mostly more Final Fantasy twelve. Nice. Um, but, hey, Captain uh, also, Bosch of Damasco. They just joined the party. Yeah, we, uh, I, I'm not, Captain not, Bosch! Not Bash, but Balthier and Fran just joined the party, I'm sorry. Yeah, while, while recording, we have I love just Fran. Fran's the best. Fran's my fucking spirit animal. I love her, and her accent. I just love her accent more than anything else. We've also recorded some of Sly 2, um, because that'll be starting right after Sly 1 is done, in Very the next nice. few weeks. Cool. Um, well, uh, mm. when it comes to recording some Let's Plays, there's going to be a new series which we'll be doing soon. We'll share more info on that later in the show, yeah. though, so that's what they call a tease. Yeah. Let's get into our first topic, though, and it is a sad one. Uh, it happened about a week ago, and gosh, I know we were right in the middle of playing Mario Kart 8 when uh, we heard the news of Satoru Iwata's passing. Yeah, it was it was really sad. Uh, you know, president of Nintendo, you know, a longtime programmer, a person who is really an ambassador for games as a whole and to be the president of a 
multi-billion dollar multinational company like Nintendo and still care that much about games and what they can do for people, uh, that really meant a lot in this industry. And it, it's a big loss for Nintendo. I mean, you know, there had been stories that, you know, he hadn't been feeling well. He hadn't really gone to the past two E3s because, you know, he'd stayed behind for his health. And, you know, he had slimmed down, uh, which then he even had the concern to think, like, I need to send out an updated me, you know, for the community because my current status does not reflect how my me currently looks. I mean, that's that was the way he thought. He, I mean, he thought about he was the an community and yeah, just amazing in general. It's just so sad, like, you know, he was taken from us, unfortunately, by cancer. Yeah, I, it's strange. Like, it was reported as a, a bile duct growth. But then after looking at, you know, uh, news articles after that, it's you know they said basically it was it was cancer, mm. and yeah. you know when you look at like how we did presentations and things like that, you know you just sort of think you know did he, you know did he take chemo? Did he not? Because like you know he always seemed to have like full head of hair and you know eyebrows and everything like that else. Right, it's hard to say, and you know Nintendo like we, we've said for years like they're very good at keeping their secrets. Oh yeah, and it's just like this. I mean that's that's just stuff I wonder. I don't want to. I don't want to pry into his private life. Of course life. not, of course I, I mean, this is a point where I'd like to, like, respect his privacy. Of course. And just say how how sad we feel about him mm-hmm. you know, leaving us. The outpouring on the internet was remarkable, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe and Ben, I'm sure you saw plenty of different tributes and pictures on Meverse, pictures on Twitter, you know, well wishes in, on different social networks. It was remarkable to see. Oh, yeah. I, I poked around on, on 4chan. Hmm. Like, within, an I think, an hour of the news spreading online, uh, if you went to the V-board, which is a video game board on 4chan, or one of the video game boards, after a couple seconds it would start playing Smiles and Tears from mm. Earthbound. Mm. And, oh, my gosh. That's, that's Just made it so much sadder. You know, like, like, it has to be something, like, this that happens to make 4chan actually be a place that you'd want to visit. For we have ben, ben came into my room and he's like, V is just, they're, they're really emotional right now. I've never seen those motherfuckers emotional about anything in my entire life. Yeah. And then you get someone like Iwata. I mean, gosh, he started <sighs> programming Balloon Fight. And if you have not seen our Let's Play of Balloon Fight... Uh, we do recommend going to see that on YouTube.com slash SMYN Network. I think it turned out kind of well. Yeah, I liked it. it I liked fun. how it turned out. Hmm. We learned that Rachel's a balloon fight fiend. I never yeah, played it before. It was my first day. Very, very good. Let's see. He programmed that. He had you know hand in Earthbound. Mm-hmm. He basically, from what I have read, he is the reason Earthbound ever actually even came out. Because I guess the game was just in an unworkable mess of a state when he got to it. And he was like, nah, step the fuck back. I got this. And just reprogrammed the entire game from the from the ground up. Made it work. Iwata's the reason why Earthbound exists. A lot of different stories like that that I think it would be fitting for us to share. And in case you've missed some of them, I mean, you know, to talk about our, our favorites. You know, Pokemon is another one that... He's given credit for, especially gold and silver, how you know they made Johto and they had that all set up. But then the team like wanted to have Kanto in there. They couldn't get it to work though because you know on the cartridge it was just too big. And Iwata, being the programming master he was, compressed all that data down enough to put Kanto, the land from red and blue, in there as well as Johto, the new land from gold and silver. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's remarkable. Also, stories of Pokemon Stadium. 
how to make that game you know turn around and work, he looked at the code, the battle code specifically, from red and blue, and was able to synthesize it perfectly into Pokemon Stadium's engine to make that work. I mean, that's it, it's remarkable. And he was he, a programming badass. What a programming badass indeed. I mean, just even as an executive too, because you know taking over for. Uh, Yamauchi, after that era of Nintendo. So around 2002, I think the change is made. I he mean, was this... the first non-member uh, that was not a member of the Yamauchi family to mm. take over Nintendo. Yeah, and that's and a, it's a big step. A big step indeed, and he was the man in charge of the company that introduced during that time the Nintendo DS and the Nintendo Wii. Two mammoth monster systems that changed gaming as we know it. And yeah, it's it's tough because you see, you know, that that trio that now you know, we had it really known Nintendo for with Iwata, with Miyamoto, with Reggie. And so there's thoughts like, you know, if it was cancer, they had to know that, you know, maybe we should start looking for our replacement mm-hmm. in advance. Like it it can't have been too much of a surprise to Nintendo as it was to us. Yeah. And I think they did know, because I've seen a lot of people, uh, they came to the realization of, oh, that Muppet thing at E3 was so we wouldn't see how sick Iwata was. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think, yeah, that combined with Miyamoto's love for Muppets and all that. I think <laughs> that's probably a, a combination. combo deal there. Um, yeah. Iwata's plans, I think, have been kind of laid. Mm. Of what they're going to do with NX in general, I think his input has been taken with that. So, you know, people are saying, like, what's going to happen with Nintendo? I think in the short term, like, not much is going to change. Because I think they're on their path of what they want to do progressing with NX next year. And if it is going to be a a console-handheld sort of combo system, that would be great. But, you know, he always said, you know, that games should be fun. Fun for everyone. Yeah. And that, you know, he was a gamer at his core. Whether or not you know he thought like an executive, or you know he was a programmer by trade, or something like that. So they try to think about the gamers at heart. And the one thing that they don't slip up on is they keep making great games. Mm. I mean, regardless of you know how underpowered the system is, or how much they don't use the the gamepad, or how you know under tech that is, the games for Wii U are still great. And you know that's that's still going to be the core of what Nintendo is going to be doing. You know. Regardless of their collaboration with DNA and things like this, I think as long as it keeps focusing on the games, I think Iwata's plans have been laid, you know, kind of in place. Uh, and, and now I think almost the question is going to be, do they take the bold step of maybe bringing someone like Reggie into a Japanese company, or are they going to, you know, maybe produce or promote someone who's a little more internal, a little more unknown. I wonder what that next step is going to be for their leadership. Well, I can basically... I'm not going to pretend to be like an expert on, on Japanese business practices, but I feel like I can basically guarantee you that they're not going to put a white guy in charge of their <laughs> company. A lot of people like to forget that uh, Japan as a whole is xenophobic, sort of. They don't really take kindly to outsiders... Um, all that much to a degree like they're not super racist or anything like that but they are like they like their space a lot it's a proud culture and uh so i don't really foresee 
Nintendo taking Reggie and saying, like, all right, you're in charge, because I don't feel like that would go over very well. As much as Iwata and Miyamoto got along with Reggie, I don't feel like that would be the move that a Japanese company would take. Well, of course, it's certainly not going to be Miyamoto. I mean, that's, that's... Not only is he getting towards the end of his career, he wants to stay in more of a creative aspect, you know, helping some of the smaller developers, and simply he just doesn't have the business mind, which is fine, because, you know, you want him to have that kid-at-heart creative, you know, thinking, yeah. uh, which it just goes back to how remarkable Iwata was, that he, you know, had the thought process of a gamer, but yet he still had the business acumen to be able to lead that company. Mm. And I mean, my first experience of Iwata, as I've said previously on other pieces of media, was, uh, I think it was a direct, where he was holding up bananas. Mm-hmm. That was my first experience of actually, like, watching him do something. And I sort of looked at this man and thought, I don't know why you're holding these, but I think I'm in love with you. <laughs> and I just admire him for all the different things that he's done. But I looked at him as more of, a, you know, the front face that you would see on these directs. I looked at him more that way. Before the news of him passing away, I had no idea how much of a programmer he was. Yeah. Cause Same. I um, I don't often look into how in depth people do their jobs or if they do like different things. I'm, you know, I probably should do that a lot more. You know, even from like the few experiences I saw of him. I mean, especially when he was doing like you know all the fighting sequence with Reggie. Yeah, that yeah, was that's like my one. favorite. That's a great one. It's, <laughs> was... a, it's a great memory. Yeah. I loved that one so much. I just thought he was great, and I am so sad that, along with many others, that you know we'll never get a chance to meet him ever again. You know, I would I would have had that on my bucket list. Yeah, I, goodness, I mean, you mentioned the bananas, and yeah, at the same time we were. Yeah, the day he playing, well, day the news came out, we were shopping for bananas, yeah. and you know, you were, you made the impression of him holding up the bananas. And that's really sad too, because you know that was on the twelfth that we all found out when that news broke, but mm-hmm. he had passed on the eleventh. Yeah, uh, and it's just you know shows how the, the secret of the news was, but yeah, our community really owes a lot to him, not just as president of Nintendo, but you know getting his start at HAL Laboratory and working with Masahiro Sakurai and you know help getting Kirby's Dreamland off the ground, but also developing the prototype that would eventually become Super Smash Brothers mm. together and with Masahiro also- Sakurai. A story that I really liked hearing. Uh, he is a huge part of Melee being the game that it is and coming out yeah. at the time that it did. Because apparently they needed to get it out like at a certain time. They couldn't miss this date. And I guess it was a buggy mess that they they were just having the hardest time bug testing it and all that and debugging it and making sure it was actually ready to be released. And so uh, I guess Iwata said that was his last time as a programmer. Uh, it was right before he stepped into a higher... This wasn't before he became president, obviously, but mm-hmm. or but after he became president. very close to it, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, he stepped in and he helped them basically spearhead the whole process of debugging Melee. And so basically, he is the reason that Melee plays the way it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my goodness, just you know, for the Smash Brothers reasons alone, I mean, with what our community was really founded on, uh, you know, that love of Smash Brothers and how Show Me Your News began. But the one story I've shared on our Let's Play, and the one I really liked hearing, uh, was told by Jeff Keeley on Twitter, and how it was done with the reveal of the Wii Remote, and it was at an E3, and it was after the conference that it was revealed at, and Jeff was you know, working for the company he was working with at the time, having an interview with Iwata, and it was done in Japanese, and you know, Iwata was speaking with the translator and all that to really get the key messages across. And then after the interview... Iwata speaks to Jeff Keighley 
in English. And basically paraphrasing, you know, Jeff, I think that was a great interview. I can tell you have a really big passion for games, so I want to show you something. Because up at that point, you know, the Wii Remote was all about like, oh, you can point it at things and you can do, you know, swiping motions and all this sort of stuff. Whether it was, you know, Red Steel with the sword or Metroid Prime, you know, ducking and, you know, pointing and firing, whatever. But then he shows Jeff turning the Wii Remote on the side. Jeff, you know, recounted that that's, you know, maybe where he thought, like, maybe, like, that's how some games can be played. Maybe it was kind of like the hint of what would eventually lead to, you know, the virtual console on Wii. And things like that, just, you could tell the passion of other players and other people who worked in the games industry, and if you're genuine and all that. Just seeing throughout the game industry just how many people had, you know, the best words to say. I mean, it's one thing for the internet to be snarky and all that, but people in the profession, in that industry, you know, really, really respected the hell out of Satoru Iwata. And, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a significant loss. I think Nintendo will still be fine mm-hmm. in the future. Not, if that's not knocking you know, his leadership ability. I think, you know, his plans were let out. He was prepared for this. Yeah. Because he'll have known. And he he helped establish a culture there Mm -hmm. that they'll be honored to carry forward. It's it's been a tough week for Nintendo, certainly, whether you could see it on their social media channels or even things like, you know, Bill Trinan, who was going to be attending Evo, but, you know, of course, certain more important things came up, like Iwata's son's funeral. Mm. Uh, So... Yeah, it's, it's it's hard to wrap up that kind of topic, but, you know, it's something we had to lead with, and, you know, it's, we didn't even want to do, like, a, a soapbox or anything like that. You know, you got to wait for the the full podcast, you know, timing aside and all that, so. Yeah. I just really like the way uh, Jim Sterling put it, which was, I think today I'm going to go buy some bananas, and I'm going to take a picture of with them, because I feel like that's how he'd want to be remembered, as a CEO that had fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when, when you care about the passing of a CEO of a company. That that means a lot. So thank you, Iwata-san, for really all you did and for making the game industry a better place. Arigato. Well, speaking of Iwata's accomplishments with helping with Super Smash Brothers, uh, we're just coming off the heels of the biggest Super Smash Brothers tournament ever, so, Ben, let's talk about it. Yeah, okay. Evo 2015. Exciting, exciting things. Every upset you can think of. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I didn't really watch any of Wii U. Though I did see Wii U, and we're going to be talking mostly on Melee because it was the biggest Smash Brothers tournament ever. But I don't think you can knock Smash Four at all. I had a very, very respectable turnout as far as combatants. Yeah, and uh, the grand finals were exciting to watch because you had <laughs> Zero, who has been essentially the king of that game since that E3, not you know this year obviously, but the last year with the Invitational. Yeah. And, you know, Zero won that first Super Smash Brothers for Wii U tournament against Hungrybox. Mm-hmm. And, like, he had dominated Brawl, and he's continued to do so, and he's been dominating Smash Wii U uh, to the point where I think he basically put out a bounty on his own head. Like, I'll pay you $50 if you knock me out of Evo. That confident. And so he was playing Sheik, I think, through most of that tournament. In Grand Finals, he goes to Diddy Kong. Now, Diddy being the character that everyone really hates because he got nerfed through all those different patches, and Sakurai was seeing Japanese tournaments where so many people were playing Diddy Kong, and so he goes in, plays with Diddy Kong, and he's up 2-0. Zero pulls off this combo, you gotta see it. The really tight spacing, and then combos ending off with a hoo-ha with, with Diddy Kong to, to win. Uh, it was remarkable. 
It was a good match. It was a very good match. But yeah, melee. Let's let's get into it. I mean, you said upsets a plenty, and boy, that's that's the case. Oh yeah, some people that I wish had made it. We didn't get Amsa. No. Didn't get Silent Wolf, which I always like to see. Silent Wolf. Mm. Uh, Goodness, though, Silent Wolf last year with that match against Axe, <laughs> the four stock. That was with Pikachu uh, against Fox. That's crazy. Yeah. But I like it whenever he he manages to to like break break top twelve or whatever. But yeah, all the big names were there. Uh, top eight, we had Armada, we had Hungrybox, Plup, PPMD, Mango, Leffen, Axe, and Chewdad. Mm-hmm. I came into Hungrybox versus Armada, because mm-hmm. I was out shopping before mm-hmm. I got in. That was a fair time to come in, I think. I mean, you had Plup, who you know made news by sending Mango to losers, Yeah, which that was big. Because you know, Mango was the two-time defending EVO champion. Looking for the, the three vo, as it were. So, you know, Plop starting against PPMD, and that was a tough one because uh, PPMD had his Marth game pretty much on point mm-hmm. uh, for most of that tournament. Uh, though Plop, got to give a shout out to Samurai Panda, longtime friend of the show, of course, original co-host. My roommates, him and uh, Mashumaro, back in Ann Arbor at University of Michigan, they started up Panda Gaming not too long ago as a sponsor program for Super Smash Brothers. Not only did one of their players, Esam, make it into top eight of Smash Brothers for Wii U, but Plup got very far in this tournament. I think he ended up fourth place. He was fourth place, yeah. yeah. If only he'd continued playing as Samus. And then he forgot to go get his medal. Yeah he did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and apparently like you know, last night, you know, the the night before and all that, uh, he had damaged his controller Oh yeah, he spilled beer on it. Word is by spilling beer on it. Yeah, he he tweeted that he spilled beer on it. Yeah, fucked up a motherboard in it. Uh, so playing all that on a, a damaged controller, I, you can't say anything about controller Johns. Like nobody can say anything about controller Blame Johns it on the anymore. Controller. You get fourth place at Evo, you know, coming out of nowhere with a, a busted controller. So yeah, I mean Armada and Hungry Box is an interesting place to come in because you know Armada seemed to figure that matchup out with Fox and Jigglypuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, sent. Hungry box to losers pretty solidly. Armada scared me set, though. How did he scare you? Because he just showed no emotion or moving anything until right at the end. I could tell it was just because he was concentrating, like mm-hmm. when he actually moved and smiled and stuff. But like before then, I was like, oh my god, he doesn't move. He doesn't change facial expressions. What is he? Is he machine or is he man? Nope, he's machine. And then suddenly he like as soon as he won, he was like up and energetic and smiling, I was like, holy shit! (laughs) Well, this is interesting for you, Rachel, because, like, it was your first tournament, really, for competitive Melee. Yeah, it was my first ever tournament that I've ever watched. Yeah. Because I'm normally, like, I I don't normally watch the tournaments for for gaming. I'm terrible for it. What did you think of it, though? I really enjoyed it. I found that it was definitely better than what I thought it was going to be. I mean, I always thought that it would just be like, oh, yeah, just watch a couple people play Smash, and that'll be it. I was like, no, I I was quite into, like, watching how skilled these people were, and I was like, wow, I could not play against a single one of these people. I would get fucked. Yeah, they're, they're on a different level, for sure. And the commentary oh, yeah. definitely helps. Oh, yeah. I well, think... I was actually not that bothered about the commentary. I liked watching what was on the screen more. Mm-hmm. I wasn't too fussed about the commentary. Well, I'll, I'll give uh, Tof and Scar props, though. <clears throat> oh, there we I mean, go, guys. They, they definitely explain certain things well to those who would be newcomers. I have, I have nothing against the guys themselves, because I don't really know anything about them or anything like that, but, you know, it's just, I was just finely entertained by just watching the, the games. Kudos to Axe, though. Uh, 
Pikachu, yeah. who always had a, good, <laughs> yeah. had a great showing last year, continued to do so this year. God, I was rooting for Pikachu oh so much. Gosh, I know. Bringing Leff into his final stock mm. in the tournament, and it was, it was very close. Uh, but, gosh, that Pikachu is always so fun to watch. Yeah. I, lo- I love Max. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad he's still playing Pikachu after, like, what, eight years? After so <laughs> long, definitely. It's but I'm glad. I'm glad that Axe lost, because Axe losing got us the best set of the entire tournament. <laughs> <laughs> it was remarkable. I mean, Plup was playing Sheik against PPMD and, mm-hmm. and Marth. And so I, I think he even tweeted then, like, oh, well, I'm going to lose anyway. Might as well switch to Samus. Yep. And I think the commentators threw out the stat that the last time he really used a Samus in tournament was when he had beaten Leffen yeah. in tournament. With Samus, and I guess it's just something that you know Leffen didn't know the matchup, but got seeing a Samus in top eight at Evo. I enjoyed his Samus play. Not yeah. just seeing a Samus, but seeing a Samus wreck Leffen. Mm-hmm. Holy the shit! The heel, the villain, being dethroned he, in such a way. He destroyed Leffen. Leffen was like the favorite coming in. He'd won the last three nationals, so. Oh my god. Most people were saying, like, oh, well, it's Leffen's tournament to lose. I still don't think that that set, for me personally, I don't think that beats Amsa versus Mango from Apex because mm-hmm. that is still my favorite set ever because Amsa almost won that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, damn. But a Samus. It was crazy. And then, uh, gosh, Chudat made it very close against Mango as well with the wobbles and almost bringing it back with, you know, three stocks down of wobbles. Can I just say I love Mango's tattoos? His tattoos are very impressive. You can I like say those. That. Sure. But let's talk about how much of a baby he is. <laughs> yeah, he was not happy when he lost, was he? He apparently there were reports of him having thrown his controller when he got off camera. I don't know how true those are. I only saw one tweet about that. Someone but tweeted I could totally saying, I saw quite a few tweets, but I saw someone tweet like, "Hey, I got your controller. Let me know if you need it back." <laughs> oh, so yeah, he threw his controller when he got off camera, and I'm glad he at least waited till he got off camera. Uh, yeah, but still, man, on stage on. to throw the metal. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was also fucking stupid. That was really like disrespectful. I mean, yeah, it's it's one thing to say like you know I'm, I'm used to winning first at Evo, blah blah blah, but like don't do that. It's just like how unappreciative most people feel. That and he went and whined on Twitter right after he lost. Mm-hmm. Oh, did he? Responded to. And oh, it was just yeah. like, I'm sorry I let everyone down. Like, the, this grand final sucks, whatever. Well, like, so, the thing that got me was he was like, sometimes the lamos win. It's like, dude, just accept defeat gracefully. Mm-hmm. You, you're you the one that SD'd twice, all right? Yeah. By definition, <laughs> if you lost, you're the worst player. Exactly. You can beat a better player again if you beat him again next year. Yeah. Well, that's true. That that you know set with Hungry Box was at a point where SDing the first two stocks in a decisive game three, you can't do that. Yeah. And he was in a position to you know win that for sure. Yeah. And another thing, like Smash community, we gotta fucking talk. All right. Look, it's <laughs> one thing. I know we've had problems in the past with the USA chance. I've never actually seen the big problem with that. I don't think Armada sees the problem with it. It's been another uh, thing with, you know, game splits and knocking other games, you know, saying, oh, yeah. Smash Wii U sucks, Melee, King, blah, blah, blah. But booing the winner of the match? Yeah, no, that's... Fucking serious. No, I mean, it's kind of weird, because when it was Armada against Hungrybox and people were chanting USA, 
Mm, yeah. um, I was like, I felt really bad because I didn't know Armada was from Sweden. So I was there chanting it as well, thinking, oh, it's a guy from USA, it's winning. And I was like, oh, nope, I'm a fucking idiot. That's just been a thing for a while. And honestly, I don't see, I know a lot of people have a problem with that, but like, that's just the kind of chant like, all right, you need to just block that out. Like, yeah. That's just an environment, and it's not. There's nothing harmful about it. Yeah, and I but get that. Like, you know, also the the play from Hungry Box against Armada to you know kind of stall out and you know do what you can to really s- to survive on Dreamland as Jigglypuff. Yeah, some people don't like the very conservative play of of that, but don't boo him. Like, is what you got to do if it's successful. That's what. Yeah, he, exactly. he even tweeted like, "Hate me if you want, but I played a win and it worked, and I won." You get results. So... Exactly. He got second place at the biggest Smash tournament of all time. And I like know. when and they like handed him, booing the one that, him for that. Yeah, the one that really got me is when they handed him his fucking medal. They were booing him. I was like, "Why? Are you up here actually like playing the game as well as he did? No, fuck off." Show some honor, Smash community. I seriously, I mean, this is the community that you know we had two hundred seventeen thousand concurrent viewers, which is an Evo record. Hmm. Now, I mean, that's to say, you know, Marvel's going on right now as we are recording. Street Fighter is to come tonight. So that very well could be broken. I mean, Evo gets bigger and better every year. Yeah. But this is what happened last year as well. I mean, Melee set the record at the time. And it's, and yet, it's fighting impressive. game community people still have the gall to call us not a real fighting game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're full of shit. So. Yeah, whatever. But, yeah, so I think they just could have showed a bit more. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I wanted Armada to win as well. But, you know, I wouldn't boo Hungrybox. Oh, yeah. I've been... I, I wanted Armada to win. I wanted Pup yeah. to win, but... <laughs> oh, I wanted him to win as well, but... Armada's the next, the next best thing. I wish he would have won playing Peach, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Same. Same. I missed his Peach. And even his Young Link. That was a wild thing when Armada broke out the Young Link. <laughs> but, like, fucking... Guys, that's not a good look when you boo the winner of the match. That's not a good look. No, it's not. You're on the biggest stage, you're on a worldwide view, you, you, you can do better. But otherwise, you know, great job to the Smash community. I mean, to put on a showing like that, it was a great top eight. It was, it was a great tournament. Uh, yeah, marred by some strange things at the end. I mean, people say, like, oh, you don't have everyone show up for the, the medal ceremony. That's apparently on Plup, who's just not used to placing that high and forgetting Yeah, like, at least he ceremony. tweeted, like, oh, shit, I forgot about it. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did love all the fighting game community junkies saying, like, why did they give the Smash player a golden joystick? Yeah, I saw that. Doesn't make any sense. It's like, how is he going to play with it? Why can't just get a golden GameCube controller? Oh, yeah, I was like, really, Evo? You couldn't get, like, a golden GameCube controller? I'm pretty sure a golden GameCube controller would have been cheaper than a golden joystick. Yeah. Much. There you go. What can you do? Like, what the fuck's he going to do with a fight stick? He doesn't play anything that requires one. Hmm. Might like some fighting games now. Maybe. I mean, like, I guess I didn't realize that uh, that Leffen plays things that aren't melee. He plays Street Fighter Four too, apparently. Mm-hmm. Basically, after after Leffen and Mango got knocked out, I was happy with whoever wins. Like, I've never seen Hungrybox win a giant tournament ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Armada's had this coming for like three years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I like to I like to refer Armada. Gray, I mean, he, he he does Fox now, so it's it's a little less, but whatever. I, I can mm. enjoy Fox play. Yeah, I think Armada was my favorite out of the top eight. So I was glad to see him win. It was you know well deserved after his his comeback from retirement. Yeah. About that. I just really wish Axe could have made it further, but oh, oh gosh, I know. I got to see some some great Axe play. 
So what was your favorite part of watching Smash Bros. at EVO? Or EVO in general? What was your favorite part of Smash Bros. in general? Let us know with some comments below. With that rhyme, we're on to the next topic. Yes, I'm going <laughs> to talk about something fun which is coming up for us. Woo. Which is <sighs> the Show Me Your News 8th Anniversary. Yay! Well, technically, the date... Well, that. well, yeah, I mean, that was the 8th of July. That's, that's passed, but, you know, we have a, a very important event coming up. Motherfucker, we're getting married! We are getting married this coming weekend. Which we've already talked about for, like, the past God knows how many months, so let's just keep that one short. Yeah. Anyway, so with that going on, we've obviously got people from the Shibuya News community coming over to stay, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to get together and have a bit of debauchery yay. and fun times and streaming and yay yeah hopefully that uh starts on the day that get, this gets posted on Thursday. Thursday night Thursday is... night and I'm gonna make Joe look pretty yeah oh god Joe hates the idea but there's you know no consent here don't care I'm just gonna I'm gonna have someone hold you down then and that I won't will... be hard I'm very light or I could just like sit on your both, chest use both my Mark knees and to keep Peter your head in place than and I do makeup <laughs> Both Mark and Peter are bigger than I am. And you get Scott in the mix. He is. I'm, well. I'm bigger than you are. <laughs> you are bigger. Tall. Everybody's bigger than I am. All right. Anyway, so because we're not allowed to drink the day before our wedding. No, I have to be up at like gosh no seven maybe to maybe. go for my appointment. As an aside, wedding. if you get me up at seven, you will not survive. Oh no, I'm not getting you up at seven. I have to Good. go and get my hair done and my makeup done and my nails and all of that. You know, all that feminine shit. Oh. Um, I was just saying, so our, our bachelor slash bachelorette party, because we want to do a, like a combo thing, Yes, has to be that Thursday night. So the 23rd at twitch.tv slash SMYN Network. We'll have uh, some crazy shenanigans to get up to. We'll be doing some uh, QRT recording, because that's going to be the weekend for the Question Me Roundtable over at the Show Me News Network. Yes, and we're going to uh, have a little special there. We've done it before. So we'll have some fun doing Never Have I Ever, along with some Truth or Dare. Ooh. Ooh, which yeah, will be... A little risque on, yeah. on Twitch. And, and apparently only us, uh, us, the bride and groom, are going to be doing the dares, which is fun. The, uh, like the Pokemon po- drinking game is probably also going to be afoot. Have what ever... the fuck is the Pokemon drinking game? Oh, it's amazing. Have you, have you, have you actually looked? There's a link that we have to it, which we'll probably put in the, uh, the description of this video. Sure. But if you oh. go to the link... Oh, shit, I've seen this. Yeah. Pretty fucking it, but I've cool. seen it. It's the board game, for those people listening and watching the podcast. Uh, board game where you're going around to uh, all the different parts, uh, red and blue. You pick a starter, and you would have different rules at each space. Oh, and yeah. there's a lot of drinking involved. Oh, yeah. So a lot of drinking Thursday night. Whee! Friday's a lot of gaming. It's going to be a mixture of, like, you know, trivia games, there's going to be secret games, there's going to be uh, console well, we gaming. Just, do we want to go over the whole the whole schedule? I'm not going to go over in every single bit. Let's say that at showmeyournews.com, by the time this episode posts, go to the front page of showmeyournews.com, and we will have the full schedule posted at this time. Yeah. Uh, because we still have to figure out some small little things here and there. Yeah. I do want to say that the highlight at the end of that day will be PT. Yes. Because we do have that on our PlayStation 4. We are 4. all going to shit our pants. Uh, right before we get married the next morning. Awesome. I'm going to have the best dreams. Yay. Woo. It's going to be the best. 
we're going to try to see if we can live stream our wedding because we're going to try to do so for Rachel's family and all back home. It won't be on Twitch, though. No. Uh, so hopefully by that day we'll also have figured out what we are doing as far as live streaming wedding plans. But yeah, hopefully <laughs> on the front page there with, uh, with our blog post of our final schedule for streaming, we'll hopefully have where you can go to find our... Uh, or live stream of a wedding. It'll probably be on livestream.com, actually. Probably, because that's not as used nowadays. But yeah. other future plans that we've got coming up now that I'm finally in America. There's going to be some more Let's Plays going on. Yes. Yes. Definitely Let's Plays. There's uh, more streaming. Yes, definitely more streaming. We've already been starting doing some of that. Whether we actually start streaming with the mono gamey thing that we created, I'm unsure of, because we seem to be just streaming on SMY Network for the moment. Yeah, we'll it seems to be going that, fine. See how that develops. Um, but definitely for some YouTube content, mm-hmm. um, I mentioned this earlier in the show as a little teaser. I might get Peter to elaborate on this a little bit. But I play a game currently, and I enjoy this game very much. And I play it in a lot of different ways. Peter oh, no. doesn't have a very good view of this game. Oh, no. I have quite the aversion to it. And he's agreed to play it with me for at least a month. Oh, God. I love you, too. Would you like to tell the people what the game is? The wife is going to teach the husband World of Warcraft. So that'll be... I'll pray for you, don't worry. You're really tying the knot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he is. Serious business. Yes. Committal is for real. Um, At least it's not RuneScape. Yeah, well... That's another... I'm sorry. Selfish. What? I said at least it's not RuneScape. Yeah, what's wrong? What's wrong with RuneScape? I've played RuneScape. So then you've tasted, like, from the cup of life, and I've you tasted didn't from like the cup it, of or? life, and I have like six level nines nines on there, nearly seven. And you know what? He's not ready for that game. Yeah. I'm not ready to chop wood. No, uh, he's not ready to chop wood for hours oh, and hours and hours on end. Frickin' baking bread. Let yes. me tell you. Or cooking all my monkfish, basically that I fished to get to level nine nine. Man, when did the nerds get here? <laughs> We've always been here, Joe. We stalk you all the time. Getting full runic. Okay. <laughs> God! Full runic? Noob. Yeah. <laughs> we're, uh, we're looking to do a show, though, and like uh, maybe it's just a brand or something like that, called Monogamy. And we've talked about it a little bit before, I think. M-O-N-O-G-A-M-E-Y. Uh if you want to go follow that on the Facebook and the Twitters at Monogamy. But it's essentially like the idea of that, you know, a couple that plays together stays together. And so kind of highlighting... More like competitive and cooperative games. Well, even games. if it's like, you know, teaching each other like games that mean a lot to you. That's another part of it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, kind of how you can bring games into a relationship. And of course, you know, it doesn't even have to be a heterosexual one. I mean, just how games bring people together. Well, yeah, there's that, but then there's also ones where basically we're going to kick each other's butts. Otherwise, it's going to be a very serious channel. Well, that, that too. Yes. We've got to make some, some laughter. You have, to have, a, you have to have some, some rules. Exactly. Whether it's strip rules or... We can't do strip rules on YouTube. Yes, They'll ban we us. can. They'll ban us. it's not naked. I was say, there's editing. <laughs> black bars. <laughs> I am not getting my tits out for YouTube. You can technically be naked on YouTube as long as it's like a breast, like a mammogram instructional video. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> That's basically I've the seen. only like way. Yeah, pretty much. You know, it has to be informative. It can't be right. belows. Otherwise, we'll get banned. People will flag us, and it won't be any fun. What if there's appropriate censoring? We did got the edits. We can do all that. 
You've Only heard it here light. first. We've warned him. Only if it's uh, darker eyes face. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> More wolf jump. Wolf just, start, just start putting people's faces on top of our nipples. Yeah. Yeah, and you're your schlong yep also uh you know more SMY and soapbox you know we've got we'll get our, our studio back up and running and i have one ready to record when i'm there because i decided i don't want to record it here <laughs> good idea well, Sam, I've got loads of free time that i could be doing recording stuff with so expect to see some stuff from me too yeah mm. yeah so and of course you know wedding plan is is going you know, full steam ahead yes. make sure to check our website when you're looking at this today on the uh, the YouTube episode breakout part, uh, we'll have our full schedule, and it's going to be you know, streaming on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And by that point, we'll only have two days until we get married. Whoa! Holy shitballs! That is crazy. But yeah, that after, explains everything. After that, though, we've got you know more video content coming to us. It's a definitely a, still a year of transition for us here at Showmere News, but uh, hopefully, it leads to bigger and better things. Hmm. So, Joe, what news have you got to show us this week about Konami? Well, they're still having a shit fit about Kojima. No and shit. I guess they finally just went ahead and dropped all pretense and just removed Kojima's name from the box art of Phantom Pain. They're really fucking petty. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really petty. I mean, hey. there were two... Parts like there were two things on the fucking box that linked them to Hideo Kojima, but yet again, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised it is Konami. They are being just little five-year-olds at this point in the playground, and they can't get their own way without doing something like this because someone's shit in their lunchbox. And they had done this before with the previous, you know, Metal Gear Solid games, whether it was the Legacy Collection. That's even weird. Like you can't erase history like that. You so can't yes. just retroactively say, oh, Hideo Kojima didn't make this game. Yeah, so to have the Hideo Kojima game taken off the top, to have the Fox logo of uh, Kojima Productions removed, it's, it's ridiculous. Mm. And yet, you got to think, the story of what has happened and what has transpired with Konami and Kojima is got to be so interesting. In a way, almost like what happened with The Last Guardian. Uh, that'd be a really interesting story to see as well. Mm. Something big must have happened. We're never going to hear about it. Yeah. I can guarantee you because I think Will Taku put it the best, which is there is no goddamn way that something like this isn't tied up in a million miles of draconian non-disclosure agreements that Kojima is never allowed to talk about it and Kojima's employees are never allowed to talk about it. Well, here's the interesting thing, too. I mean, Kojima could have done a rather scummy thing. Whatever, if it was a power grab... If it could have been something like, oh, the game's taking too long and it's costing too much. We don't know what Kojima's role in this dispute is. And it could have been a scummy thing to do. I mean, I'd like to believe that it's not because he, the man's an auteur. He's, one of, he's a genius. Mm. But the interesting thing is that Konami comes off looking like the scumbags because they're awful at PR. They're silent at the wrong times. And they keep doing, as you said, petty shit like this. Exactly. I mean, I actually saw... On Twitter, and I really wish I could find it again, someone had uh, photoshopped this again. They kept in a Hideo Kojima game, put a picture of Hideo Kojima in at the bottom left, and just basically had Hideo Kojima all over the place, took off Konami. <laughs> and just Hideo fucking everywhere. It was mm. great, and I really wish I could find that again. I'm going to have to keep looking for that so I can find it, but that's what I want to see. Because mm. the fans know what we want, 
fuck you, Konami, basically. There's the other comic out there of, uh, you know, Konami and Kojima as, like, you know, kind of little, little chibi, you know, just blob sort of figures. And they had, like, their names over their head as, you know, one's Konami, one's Kojima. And Kojima's, like, showing MGS5, the Phantom Pain, to Konami. And it's like, I made this. Konami's like, you made this? <laughs> gives it to Konami, and Kojima walks away. Then Konami's like, I made this. That's, that's yeah. based off a Nedroid comic. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it just it applies so perfectly well. And here's the ultimate point I think I want to make with this. And I wanted to make a soapbox about it, but like, you know, SMY is coming up soon, and you know, our studio's right now still a mess because of all the the moving. Sorry, my suitcase is yeah, still in here. It's fine. It's whatever. But I, this is the point I wanted to make, though. And we probably mentioned it before, but it, it is really worth repeating, especially when this story came up and people were still trying to take this stance. Boycotting this game does nothing but hurt Hideo Kojima. All boycotting this game is going to do is make Konami think they were right. Mm. It's really the wrong approach to take. And I think, you know, true Metal Gear Solid fans, to see Kojima's real last magnum opus, you know, true Metal Gear Solid fans are not going to want to miss out on that. No. And I think you're, you're being foolish if just to think you're going to try to spite Konami financially. Not this game. Hit Konami in the wallet when they try to make the additional Metal Gear Solid games after this like they think they can without Hideo Kojima. Well, the mobile games. Boycott those. You know, give Kojima's last work with this series, the one that he's poured several years of work into, give that its due. It's, in a way, disrespectful not to. Just to think that, like, oh, my sale will... That'll show Konami... Show Konami that they're wrong by thinking that they can continue the series without Hideo Kojima. Because let's face it, Konami's pretty much dead in the water after this in terms of console video game production. They'll be fine with the pachinko parlors, they'll be fine with the arcade machines in Japan. But pretty much this is going to be their last big console video game. And they can think they continue because they hire teams from Metal Gear Solid all they want. If they want to continue those games that'll have no soul to them because Hideo Kojima is not behind them, boycott those. Yep. Boycotting this one is makes zero sense. And I think if you want to do so, well, then you're really not a Metal Gear fan to begin with. And you're being spiteful more to Hideo Kojima and the work he's put in than the company who's been making shitty decisions. In other news, we should get Hideo Kojima into uh, a Kickstarter or something like that. I honestly think that might be the next step. Mm-hmm. Unless he's going to like go to some you know, big company. I mean... I hope he goes to work for Platinum Games. That's, yeah, Platinum that's would be a great one. Absolutely. He and Kamiya are really tight, so... And, I mean, gosh, you even wonder, like... <laughs> heaven forbid if EA just throws a pile of money at him just to... Get him to do something like, like that. Come to hey, us. Make... We will let you make all the games. We love you. Well, I mean, Advanced Warfare, Ben played it. It's basically a Metal Gear game. That <laughs> It's basically a Call of Duty that tried to be a Metal Gear game. To the point where they got Harry Gregson Williams to do the score. So... <laughs> it didn't work out for them. But, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe if they hired Kojima... Yeah. To hurt the creator, the real creator with the vision and the soul behind the game, uh, I think that's foolish. Boycott the Metal Gear games that come after this that Konami thinks they can make on their own because they thought they could make Castlevania games 
without Koji Igarashi, and look how that happens. So and nobody likes Lords of the Shadow. Woo! Yeah. Ground Zeroes was pretty good. I gotta it play Ground Zeroes again, just in preparation for Phantom Pain. You gotta get all the patches. That's right. You gotta roll around the ground at the beginning and just <laughs> randomly and see what happens. Oh, that was beautiful. I gotta do all the side and extra ops. I haven't done those yet. Oh, yeah, because uh, Kojima's in if, Ground Zeroes. I don't know if it'll let me do the side ops now. Because well, when I was playing, the game crashed right when I finished it. Oops! It might. If not, we'll be we'll get you through it real quick. Yeah. Before it, it loaded the before it loaded the very last cutscene, the game crashed. <laughs> so uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on the temper tantrum that continues against all odds? Let us know in the comments. I want to know. I want to hear. What should you tell me? Can you show me? I want to know about the Metal Gears like me. Let's get into some stories that are out recently. Five Nights of Freddy's 4, the series that will not go away, had the fourth installment, the final chapter, set for Halloween of all dates. And then it moves up to August 8th for whatever reason. Should we play it on my birthday as a birthday present? Maybe. I think he's, nope. just, running, I think he's just running out of money. That's my theory. He just needs uh, to release soon. He needs to keep relevancy for that Hollywood movie coming up. Oh yeah, I wonder if it's like Studio pressure. Maybe. 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 I mean, yeah, he says it's the one-year anniversary of the first Five Nights at Freddy's game. Look at that. Four games in a franchise in a year. And all of them sell like hotcakes. That's crazy. And Um, he needs to take a vacation. And then apparently a content update will come on October 31st for Halloween. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, just... That was unexpected. Mm -hmm. I'll watch it. I'll read about all the lore. I haven't caught up with all the lore that... uh, Three set up because I haven't played three much, and three looks hard. I haven't played three at all. Sorry, I haven't played any that aren't one. I've just seen video of them being played because Pro Jared plays all of them as they come out. That's all you really need to see. It's a game that you know relishes on YouTube, of course. So. That and I can't fucking play it because it. Oh my god, I can't do it. Just makes you nervous. I have anxiety attacks. Yeah, he does. He can't even watch me play it. Oh god, I freak out. It was interesting to hear about Devil's Third this week, because I guess preview copies have been starting to go out to media. The game is supposed to come out in August of this year, and uh, this is a game for a while that was supposed to be Nintendo-published. This is the Tomonobu Itagaki action game that was, you know, mature-rated, and it's like, yeah, it's the hardcore game. It's, It's been in the works for a while. I mean, Devil's Third has been in the works for quite a bit now. Places like Eurogamer have been, you know, getting their preview build and, you know, showing bits of gameplay and, you know, their reactions to it. Game's looking pretty terrible, which is a shame. And then, you know, Nintendo was really wishy-washy at E3 about if they're, you know, still publishing it. Maybe they're trying to back away because they're seeing how bad it would be. And now the fans are mad about it. And maybe Nintendo of America is, you know, reconsidering based on that reaction. It's a weird, weird situation like that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're trying to picture, like, what are all those hardcore gamers like? Oh, they like just, you know, cover base shooting and action and... God, some of the renders, though. you got to watch video of it. Some of the renders in that environment. These, I'm looking at these screenshots, and this looks like a Unity game. It, it's ugly. Like a, ch- a cheap Unity game. It's pretty ugly. Give us something to watch on Devil's Third. I recommend the... Uh, oh, no, I think it was VideoGamer.com. Check out that one. Uh, they're like little six-minute 
let's play reaction of Devil's Third. That's interesting. So I think some of us may own Logitech products. Hell yeah. I guess yeah. I guess they're changing their name to like Logi? Log Log L O G I assume Logi. Logi? Logi. Logitech. Because tech doesn't mean anything in this day and age going forward. Like that's unusual. It yeah, that's is. dumb. Like a, a rebranding is a bit peculiar. Maybe there's some other kind of reason behind it, more business-wise. Maybe. Maybe John Tech left the company <laughs> and had to leave Darren Logi. <laughs> they were partners in founding of Logitech. I don't know. It's I would just... love to find out that the tech in Logitech like was not actually referring to technology, and it was just one of the guys who founded it. <laughs> It's like, it must cost you a lot to change your branding. Logitech probably has plenty of money. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But then, like, why would you want to do that unless it's going to have some kind of benefit for you? I don't follow Logitech's business at all, so... They make a pretty good webcam, that's all. They, they sure do. <laughs> they that, sure do. That C920. Like, good webcam. I got a, a Logitech mouse, wireless mouse right here. I'm using a wired Logitech mouse. Yeah. I've been using it for like four years. It's still one of the best mice I've ever had. I don't know. They make good computer stuff. I don't really care what they're called. Yep. Long as I know who they are. That's right. YouTube released their top ten trending games for June. Now, this is what is you know determined based on the video uploads and the watch time during the month of June. Batman Arkham Knight at number one, no surprise. With that game coming out on June 23rd. You had the Lego Jurassic World, which came out, so probably had a lot of people doing Let's Plays for that. The Lego games are so good. Mm-hmm. And then is E3 time. You know, that fell in June. So, you know, Fallout 4. Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, that's interesting. Did, like, a DLC pack drop for that? I think so. Hmm. I don't remember what it's called, but I see it, like, pop up on the, the menu whenever yeah. I was playing it. Lego Worlds? I saw Markiplier play some of that. Uh, Markiplier? Markiplier. Mark, Mark Moose. Marky Moo played Lego Worlds. I don't even know what Lego Worlds is. It's like in like alpha slash beta. Mm. Isn't it the know. MMO? Um, yes. Yeah. And it actually looks like, well, I said, I don't know if it is an MMO actually, but it's it looks like a lot of fun. It really <laughs> does. You'll, I'll have to show you the video sometime, but, you know, you could like, build a lot of stuff a lot better than Minecraft. Mm. Like, you know, you're know. building, like, massive things at a time, and you know, I'm surprised. Like, and structures and things. I'm surprised they did building, because did any of you see that long Twitter string of that one guy that was like, yeah, I worked on, they were making an MMO at one point where you were going to be able to just have free building with Legos. Yeah. And uh, we couldn't do it, because people kept building penises, and there was no way to stop them. Oh, uh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm not and it was all... The whole thing was just, we couldn't do it because the technology is not in place and the amount of mods we'd need to have. And people got really creative with where they put their penises. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, it's a, it's a beautifully amazing... Uh, I don't know I if it's even going to still be a thing, though, then. But I, I, all I can say is I did watch Markiplier play some. He loved it, and I thought it looked really fun. Interesting. Because yeah, there's Lego Dimensions. And it's not on this list, but they... Oh, that's like so fun. But they have that as well. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online at number six. Skylanders mm-hmm. Superchargers, number seven. Star Wars Battlefront at eight. Had a mm-hmm. couple impressive demos. Yes. Of course, Final Fantasy VII at number nine yes. with the big reveal trailer. And then uh, Ben's favorite, Hero of the Storm. Mm-hmm. At Yay. number ten. It's getting pretty exciting. Ooh, boy. Got, got Leoric dropping soon. Oh, yeah. 
How is that game doing with the, uh, you know, the free to play and all that? It kind of makes its money in the sense of how. Well, first of all, I don't think they even need to make money off this game uh, because it's friggin' Blizzard, uh, and Overwatch is going to net them billions of dollars. It kind of makes money in the same way League of Legends does in that their skins, like League of Legends, has about a hundred and twenty something champions, and they've all got skins you can buy. Yeah, and the way it works with most of the heroes is that there's the basic skins that you get, and you get color upgrades as you do better with that hero and level them up. And then if you get a hero to level 10, which takes forever, mm. uh, then you can pay 10,000 gold in-game to get their master skin. You can't buy that with money. Mm. But then there's like a, a special skin that's usually a little wackier that you can only buy with actual money. And a lot of people love using those. Mm. Okay. So you got like a dwarven warrior guy, but he, you can get him a skin that makes him look like the, the king of Candyland. <laughs> just, just goofy stuff like that. Like, yeah. Well, it's good to see competition to League of Legends. I think that's that's a good thing. It's important, yes. And Shenmue Three ended its Kickstarter that kicked off at E3. You know, famously on that Sony stage, six point three million dollars, uh, making it the highest backed video game. In Kickstarter's history. I can't believe the font that they've used to say thank you on this. Yeah. Wow. And Yu Suzuki is apparently very upset with how it ended up going. Like, not like, oh, we didn't get enough money and you all suck. But, like, he doesn't really like how it started. He doesn't think they asked for enough money. Because apparently uh, he came out and said, like, yeah, for a fully open world thing, we actually need about $10 million dollars. And also, he was like, maybe we should have learned how stretch goals worked. Yeah, that would have been a good thing to, to know. I mean, the whole game was kind of marred in this weird thing of, you know, well, Sony's going to be backing a lot of it anyway. They just want to see how successful it would be. So, yeah, I think overall some of that could have been handled better. As you said, you know, the backing stretch goal that was saying, like, it's a new record. Well, that's not really a stretch goal. You can't just say it's a new record. <laughs> we did it. Have, have that be a stretch goal. So what do we get for getting it? I don't know. We did we, it. We Yay. did it. A new color palette for the girl. I don't know. Hey. Ben, what are you playing? What am I playing? Video games, you silly. No. <laughs> no. A video game show I would never have guessed. I'm slapping my knee, you can't tell. Um, <laughs> here's the storm still playing it. Uh, they changed up how quick match works because matchmaking in Heroes is terrible. Oh, dear. It is hilariously terrible. And as someone like me that doesn't really care about getting a high rank, it's, it's amazing to watch in the sense that, like, once you get to actual competitive ranked play, your first ten matches are the most important. And if you don't do well, you're really not going to get very far because of a forced 50% win rate that they try to enforce with matchmaking. And then we had the best diss I've ever seen where this man, who, who was very upset, talked about how good he was at the game and that he was a dentist who made a lot of money and that Dark was a waitress. Who is not a good game that I can't even do with a straight face. <laughs> that was his diss, that he was a waitress, and he just kept coming back to it, and we just kept laughing at him. 
Hopper. There was the other. You told me about the other person that that just barely talked. And when he said, oh, yeah, like, I'm was... a dentist, she just screamed, like, oh, I have a brush today. <laughs> yeah, she she was great. Uh, that was our fifth our fifth team member that played Lily. She was great. So that's Heroes. I'm playing Super Mario World because I play it every summer. And I'll mm. probably, I'm trying to practice at it, and then I'll probably stream it from cool. beginning to end if I can. I really like that. Mm. I haven't seen much of that full game played. Really? No. I, I, you see, like, the first level all the time. Yeah. You see some of the ones in the cave where you're flipping over the, the grates. And, sure. And that's about it. That's, I think, yeah. Boss battles, uh, you know, that's about it, yeah. I'm pretty good at the first three castles, but mm. after that I get real sloppy. Yeah, I might stream that. I might stream some, some hacks that I've found, because I love my Super Mario World hacks, because that yeah. community will never die. Mario um, made coming out, I mean. Oh, I'm so excited. Don't even. I'm going to get all excited again. Kingdom Hearts 1, got two more levels on Waka. I am now at 18. I thought I was at 18. I was at <laughs> nice. Do a little quick refresher for those that have no idea what you do with that. I have completely broken the Waka fight that happens on day one of Destiny Islands, uh, which involves... Waka throws a, a ball at you, his, his blitz ball. You can hit it back at him, and hitting it back at him gets you a technical point, which is uh, a point of experience. And normally when you beat any of those characters on Destiny Islands, you get one experience point or two at the end of the fight, and that's all you get. So you can't, like, level at all on Destiny Islands. And you're not supposed to. It's not, you're not at the game yet. If you don't target him or you're far enough away while locked onto him and you hit the Blitz Ball, it will sail over his head, do no damage to him, and give you a free experience point. And I've gotten to level 18 by doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Not just that, but last night while he was doing it, he also broke the selfie fight. He figured it yeah, I that finally, one out. Too. I finally solved the selfie fight conundrum that's <laughs> been plaguing me. I, it's not an exact science, but her first move involves whipping you, yes. and if you with a jump rope, if you deflect it at the right time, it gives you a technical point, and then the other end that was supposed to hit you of the jump rope will hit her in the head and give you another technical point. And usually I can't get that move to trigger, but I finally can eyeball the distance you need to be for her to only use that move and none of her others. I managed to do it. Yeah. Normally that's just like, okay, that's kind of a cool thing, but you can't kill her through technical point deflects. No. You can get her all the way down to the bottom of her health bar. I know this because I have scanned now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just kept using that and it kept not killing her. So I finally, I finally broke the selfie fight. Now you just gotta figure out Titus and Riku, and then God, I really don't want to try fight. I don't want to figure out Titus's fight. I hate him. Mm. I hate fighting him. Bad joke incoming. Wee woo, wee woo. Hey, you want to break the selfie fight? Give her a stick. Yeah. Too late for you to move back to England because I feel like you probably want to do that we're now. Just, we just swap places. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send him back to England. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's Kingdom Hearts 1. I've been playing a lot of Rocket League. Hopefully I get to play with you guys. Uh, yeah. If you guys do it next weekend. Uh, I'm not very good. Joe is already better than me. That's bullshit. You destroyed us. You uh, destroyed me! Yeah. Nah. It yeah. seems fun. I mean, that, that free PS4 game, like, you know, you're kind of playing soccer and you're just riding around his vehicles to just knock the balls into the net. Uh, it reminds me a lot almost like how when they showed uh, the blast ball for 
Metroid yeah. Prime Federation for us. Like, oh. I already made that joke while watching them play. So, yeah. <laughs> so you know, check your check your stuff. Um, it's really fun, and I really want to see people that are like really good at the game. I want to see that get to high competitive uh, gameplay levels. That'd be crazy. And yeah, and uh, Mega Man Soccer. We went to the Football Fairways Federation fight, sponsored by Nabisco, last week. Uh, a little small Mega Man soccer tournament, and I cleaned house. I brought home nice. the I remember good. playing that one time. It's it's a really fun game, and I'm glad that I, I cleaned house because I suffered a lot of losses last May at, the, at that tournament. <laughs> so Games you didn't know they had tournaments for. Here's the thing, you didn't know they had tournaments for them because Ben and Joe Bush are the only ones doing tournaments for them. <laughs> we make up the entirety of the Mega Man <laughs> I have been playing uh, last, I don't remember what we were recording, but Rachel made some mention of the Atrothum Final Fantasy Curtain Call, and I was like, huh, you know, I have this $20 gift card that I've had for weeks that I was just letting sit on my eShop account. Let's go look at the DLC. And I bought $20 of DLC songs. <laughs> and now I'm back on that bandwagon. <laughs> I'm all on that. They have World Ends with You music, which is awesome. Do they also have Chrono really Trigger as well? They do, which yeah. is also awesome. Uh, and then I'm playing, I picked Final Fantasy thirteen back up. Oh boy. Still don't know what anything in this uh, plot is at all. I'm seven chapters into this 13-chapter game, <laughs> and I still don't know what's going on. I explain stuff to you. Yeah, Ben, didn't well, you explain that it opens up at 11? Yeah, that's yeah, well, it turns to an MMO. <laughs> <laughs> For well, like I'm not 20 quite hours. there yet. I, I tweeted the other day, like, so, uh, yeah, I'm seven chapters into this game. I still don't know what a Lassie is. I still don't know what a Falsy is. I, I still don't know what anything in this game is. <laughs> But there's a young and lady and a black guy. It gives you a compendium that you can go read, kind of like what Mass Effect does. Yeah. Except in Mass Effect, you don't need to go read that to understand what the fuck's happening. Yes, it's supposed to be a so, bonus thing. Oh, I refuse to read it because I'm an old curmudgeon of a person that <laughs> hates reading. And also, that shouldn't be how you show off most of your fucking plot square. Well, I we all know from Square recently that they like to tell a lot <laughs> oh, and hardly yeah. show. Yeah. E3. But, I mean, I love Lightning, and I love Saz, and I love Vanille, and Vanille and Saz is the best team ever. Hope can burn in a fire. I hope he dies at the end of the game. Oh my god, he is the worst character in any game I've ever fucking played. Whoa, worse than Teddy? He is... Okay... On par with Teddy. Because uh, you hate Teddy. <laughs> and then I haven't met Fang yet, and I'm holding to my theory that Snow is going to show up in Olympus Coliseum in Kingdom Hearts 3. That is my theory. He's going to be the 13 insert. Probably. He would fit so well in Olympus Coliseum. I don't want him to because I hate Snow, but... <laughs> what? Snow is awful. <laughs> He's Snow so... Gets, Snow gets pretty good in, like, the, He's the so later chapters. He's so Well, like... He's he's not awful in like the oh hope is terrible and I hate him way. Snow is terrible in the God you're so goofy that I just can't take you seriously. He <laughs> gets really good later on. He's Troy Baker goofiest. though. He's yeah, the goofiest character I've ever ever seen. It's awesome. 
uh, I went and finally started what I have been uh, thinking of starting forever, and that is Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix HD has a new difficulty setting called Critical Mode. Ugh. And I'm playing on Critical Mode. Oh, <laughs> boy. Oh, my God. So, Here's Joe, the just, thing. just to recap, a couple of games you've been playing have just been because I've been playing one. Yes. Like You're a thank stalker. You. Thank you for destroying my life. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> that's not the response I wanted. Okay. So, basically, Critical Mode is weird in that it's been super hard in other places and super easy in others because it starts you off with 52 AP. Hmm. And a lot of abilities that you wouldn't have normally. Right. But um, everything's fucking bitching hard. Everything does so much damage. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm an idiot and picked the uh, the sword when it asked me. Which means that I will not learn once more until level 48. Hmm. If you don't know what once more is, it's the ability that says, Hey, if you get hit by an enemy's combo, it will ensure that you have one HP left at the end of that combo. So I don't have that. (laughs) Best part is, if I would have picked the shield or the staff, I would have learned it at, like, level 28. (laughs) So, fuck me, I guess. Samurai Nobodies, in particular, were the first place where I really had this problem, where uh, they would do one combo, and I'm dead. From full health to dead. It's just one combo. Jeez. So last night I beat Sean Yu and then stopped for the night. I will probably go back to it at the end of this. But we also learned that they give you a new ability when you play through on critical mode. And that is no experience. Oh. Prevents you from getting any experience. And obviously it's optional. And it's for people that want to do level one challenges. And then I mentioned to Ben, yeah, I've seen people do level one Kingdom Key challenges uh, and beat the organization refights. Jesus, that must make you so sad. And Ben was like, I gotta go see this. And we watched them. Oh, God, I can't even beat them on level 99. Oh, man. I'll show you that one. I'm doing that, and I'm gonna die. So look forward to that, because that's not gonna end anytime soon. That's what I've been playing. All right, Rachel, what are you playing? Uh, Animal Crossing and Mario Kart 7 and World of Warcraft yeah. and Kingdom Hearts. Next! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've mentioned those ones in past uh, ones. But you know, at Kingdom Hearts, I mean, you are at... You just beat Deep Jungle. Yes, and Fuck the Vines. Yeah. <laughs> fuck the Vines. I forgot how much back and forth there was. Yeah, that. there's was a like, lot of back and forth. Between like, the camp and the treehouse, it's like, oh my god. It's stop. such lazy, it's lazy game design. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, how can we make our game longer? Make them go back and forwards between these really long sections which actually don't need to happen. What the fuck was the fucking tree surfing supposed uh, to be about? Yeah, that's just like, didn't you want to do that with Tarzan, the king of the movie? Yeah, I did, but not for 30 seconds on a shitty video game. Uh, no, it's like it's a good video game. But no, it's also bad to... Well, shitty, shitty designed so there, far. There you go. No, yeah. no one likes Deep Jungle. Ugh, Deep Jungle is yeah, terrible. Jungle, and the fucking jungle, gummy sequences, the gummy ship. Deep Jungle and Monstro both really suck, so I'm not get the whole yeah. Monstro. Yeah, that's, that one's tough. But, um, but yeah, yeah, so like the gummy ship fights don't have to happen all the time, the sequences. Just do it once, like in Kingdom Hearts 2, yeah. that's it. That's just done. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm liking the game, so like, you know, actually fighting things and getting all the monies and the experience. Disney stuff. Disney. I love Disney, Disney World. World. And that's fun. The gameplay and how they've laid it out 
you have to be an adult to want to sit through that. But some of the content that they have in the game is definitely aimed towards kids. Yeah. So it's a peculiar one for me. And it's taking me a while to get into it. This is just my personal opinion, of course. I'm not saying that it's a shitty game for everybody. I'm enjoying it and I want to play more. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You'll get to the better one soon. You'll be fine. (laughs) I feel like, yes, it could have been done better. But it has been done better since. And I will play that. I mean, I've seen uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 been played before. I know some of the plot. Um, I know how some of it plays. And I'm very much looking forward to getting to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. But so far, not bad. Not bad. I beat Batman Arkham Knight. Ooh. And uh, by beating that, I mean, got to a point where, like, well, my fiance is coming to America soon. Actually, she's coming tomorrow. I need to beat this game tonight. <laughs> So, nice to know what your priorities are. Do I get the room ready? Nah, fuck hey, it. Play video games. The logic is I can Batman, wake up. Batman gets top billing. <laughs> Goddamn yeah. Batman. And plus the logic of that is I could wake up early and take care of all of that in yeah, a few right. hours. But uh, no, I, I mean, I tried starting some of the side missions and all that, but it got to a point where like, fuck it, I'm, I'm powering through and I'm uh, you know, just going to only do the story missions. So when you get to a strange ending for, you know, the game. The ending was actually pretty cool. But it was a little anticlimactic when you leave a door, like leave a building and through a door, and then they're like, oh, we have to lock up seven of Gotham's most wanted to see more of the ending to enact this certain operation. And you're like, oh, okay. And then I also know through reading that the game has an extended ending when you get 100% of all the collectibles. So, all the side missions, all the 242 Riddler trophies and nope. all that in the game. It's like, fucking nope. So that's one where I'm like, I'm just watching that on YouTube. And yeah, that was pretty good. But uh, I, I beat my first Arkham game. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Nice. Never beat City? I never beat City. I kind of stopped around Penguin area. Because hmm. I think there was an, a heavy reliance on all the Predator mode stuff with that, with the stealth. And oh, I think that's I was, my favorite part. You suck at stealth. I'm I'm not the best at it, and uh, I'm not either. But I can I can force my way through it because it gives me a chance to scream like surprise and <laughs> I'm Batman. Yeah, <laughs> the whole fun of playing a Batman game. There are some really bad parts, especially you know badly designed parts uh, in that game. Though I mean, Cobra tanks when you get there. If people who play the game know about Cobra tanks, those are awful, especially when you get to the the big big tank sort of boss battle. Uh, there's a boss battle called the Excavator, and it's a, basically a big drill, and you're in this sort of grid-like maze underground with tunnels and tunnels. And the Excavator is this big drill machine that sort of just, you know, crawls around until it spots you in the Batmobile. And then it hauls ass at you, and you can't fuck up. And there are three parts in this maze where you kind of take off-shooting paths... And intricate driving to uh, basically lead this excavator to a pile of explosives. And that's the only way you can damage it. But that means that when it sees you and it's hauling ass at you and you're careening down these corridors and making these specific turns and whatnot, if it touches you once, you die. Great. And that's regardless on what difficulty you're playing. is because it's a big drill and it's going to wreck the Batmobile. And thank goodness... It does checkpoints after each of the three hits. 
because man, if you had to do all of that in one sitting, that would be a real fuck this game sort of moment. Uh, just an awful, awful boss battle design. It was awful. It's terrible. Oh. Uh, but the game was good. Uh, the Arkham Knight reveal, I guess, if you know more about the Batman sort of lineage and you know different stories that have occurred in the comics, uh, it may come across more easily than some, but they do give some foreshadowing in the game. So it was still cool, even if you don't know much about all the different Batman storylines. Uh, and then there's, there's stuff uh, later that we can talk about once that sort of spoiler sort of... Thing passes. It would be something I'd like to talk about more. Maybe in a like a superfluous or something like that, or a spoiler chat. We can maybe do sometime. We'll, we'll see. Hmm. Uh, I also played Pokemon Puzzle League and to an extent uh, Puzzle Challenge as well on Game Boy Color because I've just been getting back into that. Uh, some of the Tetris Attack with Pokemon gameplay. Just it's a good way to kind of get the mind working and the reflex going a little bit in the morning. It's it's nice. Zoop is a game on Super Nintendo. I think I'm going to try to Let's Play for that with the SMYN, uh, <laughs> SMYN Network channel because that'll be a good little one-off. It's a weird game. Mm. It's one that's like, I had a ROM for it. I mean, I mean, what? I totally bought the game on Super Nintendo legally. The game is called Zoop. And it looks... It's, yeah, like, this interesting. Looks, like, this looks weird. Let's try it. And this is a different game. Mm. I'll give it a play for you guys. And then I tried Mario Tennis Power Tour today. That's the one on Game Boy Advance. So I'm like, I just want to play something like Mario Power Tennis, like or Mario Tennis, just get me into it. I want to play Mario. Well, the game starts. And it's like this freaking story, RPG almost. I couldn't make it to the tennis part. I, I know. I'm, like, I'm, I'm getting 20 minutes, and I'm like, why are we still wandering around a town, and there's talk about, well, these tennis players in masks beat our best player, but shh. Like, can't what? find the tennis. I think what happened is, like, Camelot got the rights to some tennis RPG story thing. Because even, like, in the opening sequence, they're like, the beginners, the fans, and the varsity. It's like, what the fuck are all these human anime characters doing? Like, where's all the Mario? And then they're like, intercuts with Mario characters. Like, what? It's really weird. So I think they, like, got access to some sort of tennis game with a story, and then they're like, Let's see how we can cram in Mario characters in the most obscure way possible. Yeah, I, I, I did not get at any tennis. And they're just like, what? Yeah, nope. What, what happened? Games that are out recently, as mentioned before, Rocket League. Out for free this month for PlayStation Plus owners. Go Play. check that out. God of War 3 Remastered. Uh, gosh, a game that I don't think needed a remaster at all. Nope. But it's Spend cost- money! Yeah, money! Gotta get that money, money, money. It was interesting to read you know, different articles about, like, kind of looking back on that game and just, like, analyzing the character of Kratos in that game in particular. And it's like, eh, I guess that's true. But, you know, if people are just jumping into God of War 3 without playing the first two, I think you're missing the point entirely. God of War 3 is still the only game in the series I've played. Hmm. Got to Hades. That's as far as I got. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> Uh, it, it's a good game, uh, and you know not much was added for this remaster, but it apparently looks good and runs well. Unlike Prototype Biohazard Bundle, which uh, that got stealth released on Xbox One. Yeah, nobody knew about it. How the hell does that happen? Because the latest version, like the latest console versions of it, are actually not as good as playing it on, say, like a PS3. Yeah, how does the game run slower on new tech? Than its original version. We don't know what to do with ourselves. 
games. I, I mean, they weren't the best games in general. I mean, Prototype came out at the same time as Infamous. You know, the first versions of those games. And Infamous, a clearly superior game. Eh. I still like the way that Yahtzee uh, settled that argument. Oh, that was a great one. If you want to learn about it, go look it up. It's it's pretty funny what he did. Yeah. Cross-dressing is involved. Yay! I love so. cross-dressing. And then I guess Roy McIlroy PGA Tour is out, but uh, who gives a fuck? I mean, maybe they're shooting golf balls over battleships that are crashing into the fairways now. I don't, I don't care. I don't know. Make it more interesting. Make it so you're playing golf in space against aliens, and your target, it's a button that disarms a bomb which could blow up the Earth. If you don't actually hit it, then you fucked everybody over, and you're the only surviving human being. I don't think that would go over well with... A golf, golf simulation. Man. Oh, it's great! Get Tiger Woods to play as the main, you know, protagonist, and, you know, whatever. Yeah, and then he'll go womanize with all the female astronauts Exactly! There. Yeah. No, not even, no, there won't be other, any other astronauts, it's just aliens. The aliens have abducted him, and Go they've got to play golf, otherwise everyone else is going to die. Then Tiger Woods will sleep off all the female aliens. Yeah. YouTube video recommendations! I've probably recommended this one before, but, you know, coming off the heels of Evo, you got to see the video... If Smash were anime hype intro 2015. That was quite amusing when you were showing me that. That's I great. Like that. I, they, they take the, I think it's the first ending from Hunter x Hunter. Mm. And they, oh. they put it with animation and clips of Smash Brothers. And they make Leffen the, the villain. <laughs> they do a cut of the five gods of Melee, like animated with their characters. And then, like, Leffen's face, like, shows up through a dissolve as if you were, like, the. The big bad villain watching over everyone. That's awesome. You gotta watch it. It's a great video. I've probably recommended on the show before, but it's worth a watch again, especially coming off of Bevo. I would recommend to watch a couple of Jenna Marbles videos, and they are How to Mildly Annoy Your Dogs and How to Mildly Annoy Your Dogs 2. I love dogs. Mm-hmm. They're cute. I think at the time of making these, she only had two. Yes. But they're pretty amusing, you know, just having some occasional fuckery with your dogs. And by fuckery, I mean you're fuckering around with them, not actually fucking them. Yeah. We're not promoting bestiality here. Big difference there. Yeah, a bit. One's a bit, illegal. Yeah. <laughs> one's illegal, and one's frowned upon. Try and guess which one she does. Um, yeah, I'd recommend go watching that. It's good for a little laugh. They're fun. Yeah, especially when you hear Marbles, the listless dog, how he barks. There's a little rat tail, I think. Yeah. Kind of noise. It was weird. Mine is a Game Grumps Animated that came out this week. Uh, that is my new favorite Game Grumps Animated because it was made by Barry. And Barry, of course, has access to the commentary without the game audio, yes. which makes this one. Uh, it's called Deserted Island, and it takes some of the Sonic Boom uh, commentary when they were super tired and had just gotten back from Japan <laughs> and were super jet-lagged and all that. And it's my new favorite Game Grumps animated, so check that out. It's great. My YouTube recommendation is from the podcast Super Ego. I don't actually listen to the podcast, but I like some of the little skits that they do. And they did one of H.R. Giger at the drive-thru. I think the, the, the drive-thru place is just called Burger Sandwich. And H.R. Mm-hmm. Giger being the surrealist painter that came up with all the, the hauntingly beautiful sci-fi terrifying it's, it's penis monsters. Yeah, yeah penis, a- pe- pe- penis monsters. Alien took a lot of inspiration from mm-hmm. Chuck Yeah, I think he was credited for the design of the alien. Probably, alien. yeah. Probably. Um, I think he was. 
Yeah, and like Prometheus and other other stuff like that. Just very very spooky, grotesque things in a sci-fi nature, and they put him through the drive-thru, or they do a sketch of, like, what if he was at the drive-thru, and it was before he died, so it's still in good taste. Mmm. So, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of fun. Well, it's a good episode to, you know, kind of cover our bases, show where we're at before Rachel and I get married, before Joe comes over here. Ben, I'm really sorry you can't come. That's, yeah. That sucks. Don't Hopefully. worry, Ben. I'll make him look really pretty for you and text you over a picture. Thank you. You're welcome. Why are you encouraging this? Makeup. Joe, you gotta be the most prettiest bearded lady in the world. I don't wanna be a bearded lady. <laughs> I don't wanna be a pirate. But don't you wanna be beautiful? Maybe. <laughs> so it's settled then. Go check out at showmeyournews.com. We'll have a, a twitch.tv slash SMYN network for the 23rd through the 26th. Have lots of streaming content there for you. And uh, we're going to go get married. Okay. So. Okay, bye. Oh, like right now? Yeah, right now. Oh, right now. Pop skittle do. And on that bombshell. <laughs> well. Uh, it is time to end with that. I am Peter. I am Rachel. I'm Joe. And I'm Ben. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. We're out. Find out more about this show and other podcasts at the Show Me Your News Network, where you can embrace your inner nerd over at showmeyournews.com. Fans can interact with other sminjas at the friendliest community on the net at showmeyournews.com slash forum. Show me your news! Well, we gotta get it done. Gotta to do it. Just, Just do, do it. it. What are you waiting for? Fuck off. What are you waiting for? Do it. <laughs> Just <laughs> do it. That song's about sex. Yeah. Peter. Yeah. Peter. Mm-hmm. Peter. Yes. This sounds really wrong. Yes. <laughs> How can I help you? Help me, Joe. It's like the the deep radio voice. RTM Radio. Welcome to another morning of sensual waking you up. All part of the Show Me Your News Network. (laughs) We're going to play an hour of moans and comments. Time for our our famous porn audio segment. So Not you, in that one, no! So you, <laughs> so you audiophiliacs out there, get your fill. Hold on, hold on, hold on, let me do this, hold on. Ah, it's amazing what you can do with your cheek, isn't it? That could be taken two ways. <laughs> Anyways! <laughs> I was doing it the as innocent as I could way, because it was not really portraying anything innocent, so I can't call it completely innocent. Mm. There you go. It just all looked like Saramit's cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Saramit. <laughs> Ow. I hurt your cheeks after a while, though. Soaked us on Oh, God, this is just innuendos everywhere. Mm-hmm. Help. What have I done? What have I created? Mm-hmm.
What are you waiting for? Damn it. <laughs> I will not hit your neck, but I will poke no. you. 